Welcome to the Search for Trek, a pop culture potpourri podcast presented by yours truly. I'm your host, Anthony Beers. I'm Laura Beers. I'm Emily. And I'm Richard. And we have a large agenda to talk about, none of which is official. So Richard will start us off with our first topic to this evening. Our first topic. Um, so we're recording this in mid-December, and just uh, believe it or not, less than two weeks from Christmas. Uh, and there a has week been... from almost a week from Christmas. Yeah, almost a week actually. Um, and so we've gotten, and actually, I guess, uh, kind of coinciding, Star Wars just was released. Uh, we haven't seen it yet. Um, I don't know if we'll talk about it at some point, even though this is a Trek podcast. But speaking of movie news. Um, Apparently, Quentin Tarantino is being reported as working on a like the initial development of a Star Trek film. Uh, I guess working in collaboration with JJ, <laughs> working in collaboration with JJ Abrams. At least that's what uh, I believe it was. Deadline, I want to say that reported it. One of the um, insider industry news sites. So yeah, what do you guys think? I have heard a podcast interview of Quentin Tarantino where he he dives into the fact that he is a fan of Star Trek actually he's a he's an original series fan but he also likes the next generation and uh, he cites like one of his favorite episodes is yesterday's enterprise um you know he had talked about that he would be interested even in just retelling some of the original series episodes but on a movie you know a movie budget and uh the, you know the full length of a movie um I know that fan fan reaction, of course, is mixed as usual. Some people are really against it. They're imagining, you know... Uh, Klingon, motherfucker, of, do you exa- speak it? <laughs> yeah, they're imagining that. Lots of violence. And reportedly, they would they would try to make uh, the, the film an R-rated film. I don't know if that's really true because it's just... I mean, on the other hand, Discovery, of course, has gone there with the violence and uh, profanity. So maybe... Maybe Paramount is going to follow um, follow that example. But on the other hand, uh, Quentin Tarantino has also had experience directing uh, you know, other episodes of other series that he did not create and still following their molds. So I'm not so quick to you know immediately dismiss him as uh, you know he's going to force Star Trek to fit his vision kind of deal. I think it's I think it's interesting and has a lot of potential if you have like a big name director like that in the franchise. But, but is he? Said he's working with who else? Who I, is Quentin Tarantino you, I would say Quentin Tarantino definitely is one of the most influential uh, directors of at least the last twenty five years in terms of cinema. You know, most people would have heard of him. Uh, his films, whether you like them or not, are definitely ones that are in the pop culture, you know. And and he's someone that it's easy to pick out his his style. Like lots of directors, it's hard to like I couldn't necessarily watch movies out of the that's definitely whoever, but Quentin Tarantino blah, 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 blah. Quentin Tarantino is one that if I watch one of his movies and know it's one of his movies without knowing it's one of his movies, if you know what I mean. Yeah, he, mm-hmm. he he enjoys having a very stylized direction. And um, I guess they interviewed Patrick Stewart 
originally uh, about, oh, would he ever want to come back and play Picard? And he was like, you know, maybe. It was already story. But then apparently, <laughs> once the news broke, and then they asked him about, oh, Quentin Tarantino. He's like, yeah, definitely. So, so there's hey, that. That would be pretty exciting, yeah. actually, if you were like... I, I mean, that would be very odd. I would, I would be surprised if, you know, Nemesis 2002 and then suddenly, let's say 2019, for example, or 2020 almost yeah 18 years can you imagine suddenly we have another tng film so i i highly doubt it but um but it wouldn't necessarily have to be tng yeah yeah no i'm saying like some people are thinking like oh maybe there'll be it'll be a tng film or something like that i i doubt it the question the big question is whether or not it would still be a continuation of the kelvin timeline or not so maybe we'll talk about there that's a lot to digest first quentin tarantino and then maybe what we want to see for the future of star trek movies so Go ahead, uh, Anthony or Laura, whichever one of you guys want to start that. I'm a recovering Quentin Tarantino fan, and I think he's a creep. I have (laughs) zero interest in seeing what his vision of Star Trek is. I don't need to see Deanna Troy's feet constantly, Um, (laughs) and I don't need to see Worf smoking red apple cigarettes. And I don't need to see someone ordering a big kahuna burger from a replimat. I just don't need to see those things. Do you think that those are things that he would throw in, though? Like, They're in every single one of his movies. Oh, then touche. But those all those movies have taken place on Earth, right? Yeah, but these are all going to be Earth people. I, my, my point yeah. is, I think he's a very dated director. I think his style of movie is very... Uh, very 90s, very like cutting edge 90s, and kind of like uh, uh, is it, I always get them confused. Is Brian Singer that directed The Usual Suspects? Uh, oh, I don't remember. Uh, but, but like all of those movies that were very popular indie movies in the 90s, that your your Usual Suspects, your Pop Fiction, Pulp Fictions, your Reservoir Dogs, uh, yeah. All of those movies are terribly dated. They don't hold up. They were they were trying to be something that they weren't. Uh, I, I think Inglorious Bastards is the last watchable movie that he made. Mm-hmm. Uh, you weren't a fan of uh, Django and Chain. Django and Hateful Eight are both not. I, ha- I mean, I, I haven't seen Hateful Eight, and I actually haven't. I've not seen either Django Unchained or Hatefully yet, so uh, I couldn't speak I, to his more recent stuff. I mean, they I, both were pretty uh, critically well received. I know. Um, yeah, I know people yes, who because enjoy he's, it, because so. he's Quentin Tarantino, and he shoots beautifully, just like Wes Anderson shoots beautiful movies but that doesn't mean that and he all of his movies are well received it yeah. doesn't mean that the, that it's not a dated style and it doesn't mean that it would fit star trek i understand uh, yeah, that, yeah yeah i, I understand guess. that like with oh my tarantino's gosh. 70s 70s you know low budget movie aesthetic that he loves so dearly i i'm not gonna that lie could work. It could, it could work. It could work with Anderson's t- Star Trek just yeah. to see <laughs> what that would look like. Who would Bill Murray be? <laughs> that would be pretty cool. He'd be an alien. It would just, like- and they would have to make the ship 100% symmetrical and pink. There would All be some of- cool shots. I mean, I I would be excited to see it. I think he has. I don't. Emily knows this because we've talked before about um, Quentin Tarantino films and then Glorious Bastards. Like, personally, I. I didn't really enjoy that film for like 
I guess I couldn't get into the enjoyment of, oh, let's watch American soldiers commit a bunch of war crimes, but it's okay because they're Nazis. And I, I get it. It's like supposed to be fun and all that sort of stuff. But I will say that I thought that film was beautifully shot. Like you said, uh, you know, he has, he has a style. And um, for me, I, I guess I, I like it more than J.J. Abrams style, definitely. Like I would be excited because maybe this means that the camera will fucking stay straight, you know. And like, you aren't going to have, you know. Yeah, I'm not going to have a fucking lens flare, so I can't see everything. And uh, Yeah, but you're going to trade those in for other things that will drive you crazy. Eat. Possibly. But I guess, you know, going back to, you know, the things you mentioned, I think about what we already have had. To be fair, not just J.J. Abrams films. But I'll, I'll say, okay, J.J. Abrams films, we've already had a Budweiser. We've had, what, the Nokia phone. We've had the Beastie Boys. All that sort of stuff in Star Trek. We've we've had like it's weird it's almost like if you had told me that it wasn't J.J. Abrams but it was actually Michael Bay that had made the Kelvin timeline I I will say beyond I mean obviously because Fast and the Furious right so that influence as well Um, those kind of movies that to me seems more dated now I I think when we'll when we'll look back on it in ten or twenty years, and then if you go back to the films before that, the next generation films, uh, and you know the TOS films, I think uh, the next generation films definitely I think haven't aged as well. The TOS films, I don't know if it's just the the the, the scope of the stories that were te- they were telling. You know the fact that Star Trek two, three, and four form an unintended trilogy um those to me they they still are okay i can watch them and i'm like good but then you know if you pop in insurrection or we were talking before we started recording uh, generations you know you watch those and you're like yeah this definitely feels like 90s 90s sci-fi kind of schlock <laughs> what do you what do you think laura i I don't think I've ever seen a Quentin Tarantino movie. I'm not... They're very bloody and have a lot of cussing in it. That's just mm. not uh, my movie pleasure. Is well, escapism not what the fuck am I watching? Yeah, that. I mean, that would so, be the, the interesting thing. Because he... I know uh, from the interviews that I've seen, seen or listened to, uh, of the Trek stories he likes, he cites... Yesterday's Enterprise, which certainly I could see him making that really bloody or whatever, or very violent. And he cites, um, I, b- I believe, City on the Edge of, on the edge of Forever. So, uh, I, I don't know. I mean, we, you know, if you are a Kill, not sorry, Kill Bill, if you're a Tarantino fan, you know that like in Kill Bill, the first thing you see is uh, revenge is a dish best served cold. And then after a little you know, a few seconds, then it shows that it says, you know, a Klingon proverb or something to get that chuckle from the audience. But I, I don't, I I don't think everybody that's a Star Trek fan should make a Star Trek movie. Yeah. Yeah. Certainly not. Uh, But what I'm just trying to say is, (laughs) (laughs) what I guess I'm trying to say is that it would be interesting that unlike JJ Abrams, who clearly just seemed embarrassed, to have to direct a Star Trek movie and he was, you know, really always after Star Wars. You know, it's kind of interesting that you're going to have a a big name director who 
at least you know says that he respects the uh, the legacy of the franchise. But here, let's move beyond Quentin Tarantino. If we were just if we're just talking about movies in general, because that's a big question too. Like, is it gonna is are we gonna make more Kelvin timeline movies? They just had an auction where they've sold off most of the costumes and props. What? Yeah. So that that certainly doesn't look good when you do no that. No way. How did you? Oh, of course you do. Yeah, of but, course you knew. So, what do you guys think? Like, on one hand, I mean, it's just going to get more and more expensive to employ those actors. Uh, is are we kind of done with that universe? Do, are we going to do we recast the TOS characters? Do we recast TNJ? Do we try a new thing? What What would I, you want to see? I want to see a movie about Captain Giorgio. I, you know. That's that's what I want to see. So you want to see a prequel to a prequel? <laughs> Not a prequel to a prequel, so to speak. I'm just... I like Captain Giorgio. She's a good actor. We know that she's been tested on the screen. And it's unfortunate that she would never in the Trek universe meet Picard... But if there was some crazy time travel where she does happen to, you know, meet Picard, I feel like that would be a really amazing movie to watch. Yeah, I feel like they kind of miss. I don't, I'm a lot, the, the way the way they went with uh, Beyond is perfectly uh, a legitimate way to do it. I thought, you know, I personally enjoyed that movie. They went for let's just tell like a standalone, very TOS feeling kind of movie but yeah then the opposite direction could have been this huge event movie where you get to see maybe parts of the different timelines i think as the actors from those old shows continue to age it's just getting harder and harder you know the next generation is old star trek i mean it's 30 years old at this point so yeah and and you know kids didn't grow up on that yeah adults grew up on that so kids are growing up on other things now what about you anthony what would you like to see i mean if you're going to get a a big name director you should have someone who is currently relevant and someone who can direct a movie that involves mostly conversation and rely less on special effects directing and less on fight choreography which are the things that like jj abrams and quentin tarantino excel at I mean, get like a, a a Paul a Paul Thomas Anderson or somebody like that, if you want like the Thinking Man's track. I know. I always get disappointed that for some reason Star Trek has been viewed as needing to make like action, big summer tentpole kind of movies, and it, instead, you know, if you look at the success of movies like The Martian. Or arrival. That's because they These think others. they need to be an answer to Star yeah, that's Wars. Yeah, you, you just answered own. who should direct it. Ridley I Scott. Thought, I don't think it's. I don't think it's an issue of who's directing. I think it's the producer. I think it's the studios. I think the studios. They think. But it's that the vibe. Is, it needs to. But, you, be but do you know what I mean? Star the studios Wars are the ones that are going to hire. They're going to be like, okay, we want it to be this. So then, therefore, that's why we're hiring this guy, I, right? I don't understand why it's not a cinematic universe. Because I feel like you could tell really compelling stories and you could have your mainline m- movies kind of be like your Avengers films and then tell side stories like a Klingon movie or a, you know, a 
essentially mm-hmm. a shuttle mission as a movie. Mm-hmm. Well, and I, I I do remember reading an interview. I can't remember the, his exact name, but I think he was either someone at Paramount or someone at CBS, <laughs> I think Paramount, talking about that idea of using the franchise as a cinematic universe so that the example he gave, which doesn't really make me that interested, but he gave an example of why can't we have like a SEAL Team 6 movie of Star Trek Seem like you know, but I, I think what he was trying maybe allude to is like a rogue, maybe like a rogue one. As yeah, I mean, we rogue saw one is a rogue heist one. movie. Yeah, I mean, exactly. No, it'd be section 31. Yeah, which I hope we never see again. Oh, wait, that's what? a whole other episode. Section 31. Yeah, okay. Emily hasn't seen that episode, so we'll save that. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, uh... missing out on this part of the conversation, but yeah, going back to the cinematic universe, the funny thing about it is they kind of had that during the 90s the golden era right when you had tng films in theaters you had deep space nine and voyager on the air and yet they always went out of their way to minimize that much like at most it'd just be cameos they it's it's interesting how at that time the thinking was oh it's going to confuse the audience or oh we want to keep things exclusive to their particular realms whereas you know you know, now when you think about everybody wanting to make a cinematic universe, even universal with like their old um, dark, dark universe, universe, yeah, with the monsters, yeah, I, I agree with you that Star Trek isn't that be... dead already <laughs> after the mummy lost fifty million dollars or whatever. Mm, I haven't seen if they've any done any what? updates, but no, way. they had a whole they had a whole plan underway. So I, I think they'd be too stubborn. To admit. I mean, if uh, the DC universe plan hasn't died after, but those the movies first gross. Two does. They're just critically <laughs> panned, but they gross. Like, I mean, That's true. Money does Justice talk Le- in the end. So Justice League didn't gross, which is why they're shaking up all the other movies. Mm-hmm. Hey, that's another podcast. But uh, yeah, yeah. Well, we should do those. I think. They're, It'd be fun to talk about, but yeah, going back to the cinematic universe idea for Star Trek, I, I think that they would be foolish not to already have some ideas of possibly trying to do that. The big question, of course, is you've got this weird thing too, though, where you've got Paramount in charge of the movies and CBS, you know, taking care of the television shows, and so it's kind of sad in that regard because. You know, yeah, it would be great if we could have a Giorgio movie or, you know, like you said, a, a separate spinoff series. But I don't know. I don't think we have. Uh, what's the guy who's in charge of uh, the Marvel universe that they also Kevin Feige. Yeah, I don't think there's a similar person for Star Trek. I mean, oh, the person that is trying to be like that is J.J. Abrams, which is that would be not, a mistake, though, if he were the one that that is the one that's carrying the torch to make all this happen because then it's just going to be it's 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 going to be Star Wars but not Star Wars Star Wars without the empire which is until they make the Klingons the empire <sighs> all right speaking of movies so this is, it's not going to be much to talk about. Will went, Wheaton went to uh, 
a screening last night of the new Star Wars movie. We haven't gone yet. And apparently he dressed up in costume. Yep, as, he was a, as as a command. As, as, yeah, command in Star Trek. Oh, he went in a Star Trek uniform? Yeah. So it was a TOS uniform. What, was it? Yeah. And he it wore a gold, a gold command uniform. Oh, like a Captain Kirk shirt. Wow. Richard is seeing this for the first time. I, I did not see that. <laughs> he and I read different news. We, we have was... seen we have seen Star Wars. Oh, uh, without spoiling it, thumbs up, thumbs down. I mean, Jar Jar being the ultimate sideways. evil. The, Jar Jar being the ultimate evil is just a huge twist. Wait, oh, that's right. He shows up in it. No, I'm joking. No, he doesn't. We're planning to see it uh, next Saturday. Was. Yeah. So. Yay! Uh, the theaters are completely sold out here. Mm. Uh, we purchased our tickets like we were purchasing our Taylor Swift tickets. Which, by the way, <laughs> we did purchase Taylor Swift tickets. By early often. She's coming here soon. Somebody on the radio recently just won tickets and she was so excited. Did, and I was like, you go, girl. Did you guys watch it in 3D? No, Taylor I don't. Swift. I don't do. I don't do 3D movies anymore, and I don't do like Dolby sound because I don't need movies that loud. Yeah, and I generally don't feel like the 3D is that. I mean, there have been a few, a few films that I do think, you know, Life of Pi, right, and some other more visually interesting films that have used the 3D format. But a lot of times, yeah, it just feels like you're paying an upcharge. Force Awakens was beautiful in 3D. No, it was Star Trek that we saw in 3D, wasn't it, honey? It was uh, Beyond. No, it was the it was the one before. It was the Into Darkness. Into Darkness we saw. Yeah, and the inky blackness of that movie was really good for the depth. Mm -hmm. It's I it's a it's a good movie. I and Star Wars fans are hating on it, and they can fuck off. Back to you talking about Last Jedi. Is it yeah, it has. Okay. It has. But it's probably the same issue that people have with Discovery. Is like it's a continuation of a thing that they. It's did. a new. It's a different director, right? Um, yeah, it's Ryan yes. Johnson who directed Brick and the Brothers Bloom and Looper and a few episodes okay. of Breaking Bad. Uh, it has. It has quite possibly the best directed scene I've ever seen in a Star Star Wars movie in it. It's okay. it's absolutely fantastic. It's, I, I mean, maybe um, maybe since we'll we'll watch it uh, next weekend, maybe in our next episode that we record, we can discuss Star Wars plus maybe Star Wars Star Trek that kind of that whole subgenre of fan. Yeah, uh, the three the the yeah, three fan, people fan, who are allowed to like stuff. both. I've decided <laughs> exactly. I'm allowed to like Wait, both. Only three people get to have like both. I well, it's like more. it's just one of the classic nerd battles for some reasons. I I don't know. Is there a similar fan rivalry? Like, is there an antithesis to Harry Potter or Doctor Who, Lord of the Rings? Like, do they have their equivalent? Well, of... some people would say that like Harry Potter and Twilight were because I did, yeah, yeah. No, I did see that. Why is I 
They're completely unrelated. Why is that it? It's because the books came out around the same time. and Wouldn't a better analogy be like Percy Jackson? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Percy Jackson would be a much but better... But you're right. But I... they were... Percy Jackson didn't come out at the same time that Harry Potter did. So, like, the... I thought it was know, close. It's of, yeah. They, they came out, I think, a little bit Well, later. I think Percy... He, the movies came out about the same time, right? Maybe, some, but, but like yeah, yeah, Twilight's yeah. and, and Harry Potter fans, those Potterheads. are two. Yeah, Potterheads. Sorry, Potterheads and Twihards. Like those, I feel like there are some people that like both, but then there are some that it's very much. Oh, you can't. They actively dislike the you other. Cannot one. like that book and like this book. Hey, like Laura and I thought that and we like would that hate that the Twilight movies, but we kind of enjoyed them. Oh God, I watched part one of the last ones whatever because my friend at the time was living in australia and she was a huge fan and uh oh it was so funny when i found out i well, i texted or no it was through tech i found out that she's a fan i thought she was joking and so then i went to my roommate to be like oh my gosh guess what our friend uh I'll just say her name on the podcast, not that she listens to Genevieve. Anyway, so it's like, oh, and guess what? Jen's seriously? a Twilight fan. And then it was so... I didn't know that she was... Yeah, it, well, because wow. apparently she had been working at, I think, I can't remember if it was a hospital or with youth or whatever. And so to that, get in touch with them, like, she, she decided to read books. something. And then, and then I went to my roommate at the time, his name was John, and I was like, oh my gosh, can you believe Jen enjoys Twilight? And then he was a... Twilight fan as well. He, yeah, oh he gosh. called it a romance. And so I felt like in those horror movies when you realize that everybody's infected or possessed, except for mm-hmm. you, you know, that sudden like, oh shit. But anyway. And I'm not going to lie, I will admit to having read all of the Twilight books. Mm-hmm. But then I read the parody and that was so much better. Well, I just remember watching that Night first Dawn. movie of the, whatever the finale is. God, what is what's the finale? What's the, is that Breaking Dawn? Yeah, probably. It's the one where they get married. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I just yeah. remember literally the, the movie born. opens. The movie opens with uh, the guy who plays the the wolf. Wolf. What Taylor? Lautner. Taylor Lautner. Yeah, yeah. Literally ripping his shirt off within the first five minutes. I, I was like, oh my it. gosh, this really is what hit what so the film weird, is. Shark were... Boy of Shark Boy and Lava Girl fame. <laughs> yeah, because when like a lot of the women that went to go see this were, you know, they're at that time they were my age, and the people on the screen were supposed to be playing, you know teenagers it was weird it was just weird i mean it it is there's a weird like pedophile undertone to it that makes me very uncomfortable to think about yeah but i still can't get over that because he's like 140 years old yeah yeah and she's so in love with him that when she can't be with him she decides to commit suicide Mm. All right, so Potter and Twilight. How about Doctor Who? Does that have a something that people are like, or Lord of the Rings? Does that have a? And not that, not really, not that I can think of off yeah. the top of my head. I mean, there, there, there's the uh, the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, and the Golden Compass. Yeah, mm-hmm. but do do you feel like people are fans is... of one, and therefore they're like? That's what I find weird about the Star Wars Star Trek thing because I mean I don't think you even see do you see that with Battlestar for example Battlestar Galactica is that a is there a Battlestar Galactica versus Star Trek or versus Star Wars kind of contingent of people too I guess there is you know what I will say I feel like Firefly Firefly fans 
sometimes rub me a little bit the wrong way because they try to set this up where it's like Firefly versus Star Trek, where it's like, oh, Firefly is so much, you know. They, enjoy they, your 14 episodes. Yeah, enjoy your 14 episodes. But you know how it is. They like to be like, oh, they went beyond and actually told, you know, more compelling stories, all that sort of stuff. It's like, can we just can we just enjoy both things? Do, do we always have to, like, shit on another thing to uh, justify our enjoyment Richard's of another? so much why can't we all be friends? It's all space war. Well, I just, you just see it in so much of media, you know, video games. You see the same thing where people are happy or upset about the successes or failures of one franchise. Oh, back in the day, back in the day, you, you either, you were either a Nintendo 64 kid or a PlayStation kid, or you were a Sega kid, or a Super Nintendo yeah, kid. Yeah, exactly. That's what I mean. Video you couldn't like yeah. both. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, and it was also like you only had one in your house. I mean, yeah, South Park even, you know, parodied that with the, with, the, with the more recent Xbox versus PlayStation kind of factions that you see. Yeah, I, I'm with you, Anthony. Like, we just like both and accept it. Now, I will say, actually, I did not become a Star Wars fan until, like, I had watched it, I had enjoyed it, I knew about it, or but I wouldn't say I was a Star Wars fan until this more recent, I guess you could say the post-Disney sort of development with, like, Rogue One, with um, the the TV shows, the animated television shows, and... I think it's because I just never got into the original Luke Skywalker. Like this, it felt like the original the films story are made in the seventies. Well, no, it just felt like the original films are all about the Skywalker kind of line. Yes. And well, yeah, it's called the Skywalker yes. Saga. Yeah, exactly. So the Skywalker Saga, and and I, so I enjoyed actually more of the stories that explored kind of like the ordinary people in that universe. Um, so that's why I like a Rogue One because there's no Jedi. Have you ever the, read the Thrawn trilogy by Timothy Zahn? I have. I have not, and uh, so I should because I always hear good things about it, and I know that they've, after Disney decanonized or whatever the expanded universe, like they've the guy who wrote it is writing like another a new Thrawn yeah and novel for the yeah they've brought Thrawn into the extended universe, and actually. Speaking of books, one of the the books that I will say that really made me cement finally was like, yeah, I can be a Star Wars fan. I'm a Star Wars fan. Was um, it's called Lost Stars, which of all things, it's a teen, I guess, young adult uh, Star Wars novel, and it's it's basically kind of like a, a love love story. It's supposedly about um, the protect or the the guy and the girl. They originally started on the Empire, and eventually one goes to the Rebel Alliance. That kind of thing, but. It was basically like Rogue One in that it was fundamentally a war story. And again, I, I guess I just enjoy... I enjoy seeing the Star Wars universe that way instead of seeing it, you know, through Luke. No, I shouldn't say Luke. I'm not, not signaling him out, but basically just like the Skywalker angst. Okay. <laughs> through that uh, eyeglasses. Yeah, sometimes it feels like Star Wars is the story about how one family fucks up a galaxy. I mean, you wouldn't be wrong. That's what it. That's what it is. But I don't know how. Well, them and 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 their Jedi teachers because the Jedi teachers are like, oh, you're the chosen one. Yeah. Were you always a fan though, right out of the gate, Anthony? Yes. Yes, I. 
I, it, it, it was the it was my connection to the real world. Mm-hmm. It was yeah. the one thing I liked, and it wasn't cool to like it when I liked it. But it was the one thing that I liked that I was okay with telling people that I liked, and I obsessed about it. And then, did you actually ever encounter any sort of, you know, the fact that you liked both Star Wars and Star Trek that you actually? encounter people that had an issue with that or is that really just more no about? I don't talk to enough people to have that issue uh, I've seen it on the internet I've seen that you know yeah exactly Star, it, Star Wars is better than Star Trek or whatever yeah. but and you'll have two drastically different stories yeah exactly and and then you'll see of course then there's the literal Star Wars versus Star Trek there's like a whole sub a subculture of nerds that will compare technical things. There's even a website where they will literally map out like, okay, the Federation Starfleet versus, you know, the empire, or which, which Alliance. one supposedly would be able to defeat the other. I mean, um, it would, it would be the empire. I, I mean, that if you, I think that site in particular is biased towards Star Wars. So that's their conclusions as well. Um, but then for Star Trek fans, I've heard, you know, things about like, oh, well, it's, it's all a question of whether or not those lasers would be able to get through their shields because there have been episodes where they've said that the laser, just laser based weapons cannot penetrate Starfleet shields. You know, there's an episode of, uh, TNG where Picard kind of expresses his surprise at encountering some antagonist that has laser based weapons. Well, these wouldn't be laser-based weapons because it's kyber crystals, which create lasers. So, yeah, I know exactly. it's something. It's not just light like a laser. So, but if the if if it's if it's creating a laser, like kyber-based laser, it's still still a laser, laser <laughs> right? Isn't it? But that's the why why it has its strength is because of the kyber crystals. Uh, it's the same reason why the Death Star can blow up a planet is because of kyber crystals. I don't know. I think I think I think the Defiant class, uh, you know, a, a, a Defiant class Lara, what do you think? could make a good cleanup of most of the Rebel fleet, at, definitely. And well, sure, the Rebels, yeah, the Rebels are scrappy. I'm talking about the, the Empire, Star, the, but, and the real heroes of the Star Wars movies. Yeah, but then even 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 the Empire, I feel like, based on what we've seen of their tactics and everything, I feel like as a, there's a the so, there's a YouTube chooser or that calls the the defiant Benjamin Cisco's motherfucking pimp hand. I think what yeah, it's a good well we should put a link to it in the on Twitter or something. But uh, Cisco's motherfucking pimp hand, yeah. Okay, Clara, who would win? The Borg. No, impossible. Oh. No, you don't think the Borg could assimilate? That's a question. Could the Borg assimilate a Jedi? Oh, snap. Yeah. I would assume so. Yeah. And then and or scary-ass Borg. Yeah. But then, okay, so then Vader would the Borg is like if a Borg the... assimilated a, a, a Jedi. True that. So then if, if the Borg assimilates a Jedi, does that mean that the Borg then has Jedi power? Yeah. Or only the Borg the that they assimilated has the Jedi powers? That would be... Hmm. Because if they're all, you know, it's that that they're all the same. Well, no, it isn't... 
Anthony, you probably know more. Is it established in Star Wars that only certain people, is it like Harry Potter where only certain people can use the Force? Yes. Or can there, e- everybody talk? Magic. Yeah. Or can everybody be taught Not how to the use force the Force? magic. Because I know they talk uh, about midi chlorians and all that sort of stuff, but. Maybe, uh, it, I think you have no, to have so, a... uh, well. Without spoiling anything, th- this new movie writes out midichlorians. Oh, thank God. Uh, so, so, so wait, actually, that, that would make sense, that it was a misunderstanding of, like, how Jedi mind tricks So do they, wait, do they actually, is the word midichlorian actually mentioned in this movie? No, but they give the explanation given for... The force. the force is the original explanation, not the midichlorian. So the, the difference being the force is the space in between all things, mm-hmm. uh, as opposed to midichlorians, which were essentially like thetans in Scientology. They were like tiny, tiny organisms that lived in your blood. Disrespectful. Um, so then... So the, the, the force sensitive people can feel the force, uh, like uh, Chirrut from uh, Rogue One. Mm. Like Chirrut was not a Jedi; he he could not do the manipulation, but he had like. He was I guess it, I guess it would be like the difference between like a uh, a medium and a psychic. Like, a medium, you know, has, like, some supernatural powers, whereas a psychic has, like, the ability to see the future, right? Mm-hmm. Jedi are, Jedi have the ability to manipulate the Force. So then, yeah, so Harry Potter doesn't have quite an equivalent. They don't have anyone that can feel magic, per se. They have people that are born with magic or without magic. But that's... I mean, if you think about how the 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 actual movie order, that makes sense. That they it when um, Star Wars Episode One came out, they don't really understand the Force, obviously, even though they've been using it for thousands of years. And now, you know, seventy years later, they have a better understanding of the Force. Alternatively, it might not be that they have a better understanding. It might be that there's just one Jedi left, and we're just gonna go with whatever the fuck he says. Touche. You know, when you're the when you're the last of your religion, you can say whatever you want it to be. The bottom neck is real. (laughs) Why? Why do we have blue hair? I don't know. I just have blue hair, so we all have blue hair. You know. (laughs) Okay. Cool. Yeah, I mean, I think, uh, you know, like the, like you can practice yoga, but it's something different to be like a yogi. Mm-hmm. Yeah, That's kind, that's kind of think. part of the difference. Like, you know, yeah. yogis, yogis have had supernatural powers, you know, in, in writings, like levitation, things like that. Super strength. Yeah. And that's 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 kind of how Jedi are versus like people practitioners of yoga. I mean, also the Force is like Christianity. It's it's their religion. Yeah, like someone who's a Christian, but the, versus someone who's a legitimate saint. 
Yeah. yeah, and like the there are people there are people who are part of the religion but have no superpowers. Yeah, I mean that was one of the characters in Rogue One. And yeah, well, he was well. force sensitive. Chirrut was force sensitive. Mm. So that's why he was able to fight as well as he was while he yeah. was blind. Yeah, he's also one of the best characters ever in Star in Star Wars. Oh my god, definitely. I guess I'm. Uh, I don't know. Did you did you think any of those characters weren't too? I thought all of the Rogue One characters were exceptional. Uh, I love I love that. For example, you know this big debate about Han Solo shooting first or whatever, and uh, and yet in Rogue One, like our hero, we see him kill <laughs> a rebel after he broke his what he broke his leg or arm. It's been a while. Yeah, but, I, yeah literally one of his coworkers. Like, like oh, mm. and I remember because I watched the film with uh, my parents, and it was something that even you know my mom after was like, oh, you know, she brought that up, and so it was clearly affecting. And uh, yeah, yeah, I think I, they're trying. They're trying really hard to bury a lot of those things that Lucas changed, changed, and implemented. That's so weird. Like, why would you start something and then like, because oh, Lucas is in charge of it anymore? Yeah. Well, well and, you mean like, why did George Lucas change things about the movie? Yeah, originally. Because because he is he was he's been writing that story since he was like thirteen years old and it's still evolving for him. Uh, it's just one of those classic things about, you know, should an artist or a creator you know, do they need to at some point put you know, put the pen down, down. put the paintbrush down, you know, a composer. You gotta at some point say, Okay, this is the work as it is, but then there are other people who feel like you know, oh, I can now the technology is better, so I can go back and show the vision that I originally had. That kind of Digitally argument, Digitally right? remastered. Yeah. And we bought we bought the three VHS set that has Vader on it. Mm-hmm. Do you remember when they digitally remastered mm-hmm. it? And when was that? Like mid nineties, late nineties, before DVDs. So it must have been mid nineties. Mm-hmm. Of the original trilogy, mm-hmm. yeah. Special yeah. edition came out in 1994. Yeah, 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 yeah. And there's like a prize DVD that has uh, still at our house. both versions, but then the original is like a terrible, <laughs> terrible transfer. Well, that's unfortunate. Yeah, and it was just because he hates that for whatever reason he does. I mean, and what's sad is like those are the ones that people fell in love with, you know. That's the one, the the original is what people really fell in love with. They, they didn't need all of the special graphics. Well, I know there's a fan project to restore the original uh, episode four. I mean, Disney, de- said, Disney said they're releasing them. Oh, really? I didn't original. see that. Yeah, they said that with like no, two years ago. No but the project just hasn't happened. If the project was estimated to take quite a few years, though. Uh, yeah, because of the way things were recorded. That's the problem, I think, that they say with a lot of um, old Star Trek is yeah. getting them in high def is very difficult because in What's some cases... What's the way cases, they filmed it, yeah. yeah I mean, you also have to think that there are like legitimately just missing episodes of Doctor Who because it's too old. Somewhere, where was it? They found somebody had videotaped a couple from the BBC in a country in Africa. I can't remember where now. Maybe Tanzania? Don't quote me on that. But they they 
apparently had copied them and they're missing episodes that they thought they had lost <laughs> but somebody you know vhs them and then they appeared yeah they re-aired think, one or yeah the, the lost it, episode it, it, it had been a lost episode and that was recently they really re-aired it yeah it's because the doctor went back and filmed it for him <laughs> sometimes i wonder do you guys think it would be cool if star trek they had they would never do it, of course, because it wouldn't make financial sense. But yeah, if if they had recorded a few episodes and then they're like, we're going to put this in the vault. <laughs> and then, guess what, guys? 30th anniversary of TNG. It's a lost episode. Oh, my gosh. Or like take all of the stuff off the cutting room floor and scrape it together into an episode. I'm sure they could have done that. Yeah. We're, watching, have- we're watching Voyager and there are four episodes from season one that didn't make the cut. Let me tell you, it should stay in the vault. <laughs> <laughs> There's a reason why it didn't air. Yeah, because they're bad. Like it's like the clip show from like any reality TV show. Like see behind the scenes, see things you've never seen before. Like there's a reason why this didn't make it into a fucking episode. <laughs> At the end, you're like, well, the that was a waste of time. Minutes of my life has now gone forever. Yeah. <laughs> Laura forced us to watch the TNG clip show that is after <laughs> after the final episode and it is it's it's just it's just Jonathan Frakes walking around cheesy goodness. Yeah, and it is so bad. I remember watching that when it aired. The clip it's, show? It it was the, it was more of a celebration. I mean, there's an actual clip show in season 2. Um, yes, but uh, where this, that's this... like loosely held together with a narrative, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that you know, Rikers basically needs to relive his past memories and all that sort of stuff. Uh, but after the series finale, or actually, it was—I think it was before, originally. I think it was aired before as like a pre-show kind of countdown. Um, and so, yeah, Jonathan Frakes basically is touring the set and i think it's because it's showing behind the scenes it's been a while i know netflix actually has it as a as an actual extra episode for whatever reason because the funny thing is every every series i believe has had something similar i know voyager definitely did they had some entertainment uh tonight special i think it was entertainment tonight you can find it on youtube yeah exactly and I, actually, I'm trying to remember if Deep Space Nine had one. I, I remember seeing clips when they had like interviews about the uh, trials and tribulations episode. But now that I think about, it, I don't think there actually was a, a, a like a wrap up for that um, special. I do know that they're trying to make one. There's a new documentary that's supposed to come yeah. out eventually called um, "What We Left Behind" or something like that. Yeah, that's director just left it. Yeah. Yeah, I saw that news. But. Yeah, Adam Nimoy was directing mm-hmm. it, and then six months before it was supposed to come out, he the project. It's interesting because yep. he's he's either married or getting married. He's to, engaged. Terry uh, Farrell. Yeah. Yeah. So, have you ever seen the old clip from Regis and Kathy Lee of Armin Shimmerman being interviewed on Regis and oh. Kathy Lee? Yeah, I don't remember, but I know what you're talking about. Man. Is it worth watching again? It's pretty good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. He comes out as Quark and talks to Kathy Lee as Quark. 
No. I yeah. remember there was a, I think it was Good Morning America. They did some episode from the TNG sets that you can also find on YouTube. And it's, uh, they're like, they are hosting their show or whatever from 10 forward. And you get to see the uh, TNG cast, except for Patrick Stewart. Mm. They're all in their 90s fashion. I can't remember now if that if there was some drama for some reason if that's why Patrick Stewart wasn't there or not. I know that there have been similar stories of he was other probably shows doing where... something else. Yeah, the yeah. busy man cannot be expected to do such lowly things as TV interviews when he has all of London it was like, to perform for. What was it? Freak Week or something, honey? Is that what they frame it as? Mm-hmm. Or Oddities no. Week? I'm Regis. Yeah, and oh, so they geez, were having on. Are you serious? I I legitimately think it was Jorge Mirasan, who was the guy who was seven foot seven, who was in, played for the Washington Bullets, uh, who was in the Billy Crystal movie My Giant, uh, mm. a, a guy who acted like a robot in Armin Shimmerman. It was it was, it was it's one of the weirdest. He calls he calls Kathy Lee a female. It's so fuck. It's so bizarre. Now, on the clip that you can find on YouTube, uh, it does not have any footage of the human robot. So just be prepared for that going into it, because you'll be disappointed. Oh man! Oh, oh man! That would have been exciting. And I, but, the only thing I think he doesn't have the teeth in. Oh. So it's it's not quite cork. Oh, it's just so good. It's, it's so weird. Cork with with um. Post dental surgery, major yeah. dental surgery. <laughs> yeah, which we we got, all know getting, that's what he was heading getting for caps. by the end. Yeah. <laughs> He's been drinking too much root beer <laughs> or prune juice. Ew. What's your mm. what's your what's What's uh? Wh- what is your Star Trek wish for 2018? You can get you can have one Star Trek thing for 2018 for Christmas. What do you want, <sighs> Laura? Yeah, I'll start with Laura. Um, I want uh, like for like Discovery or just anything Star Trek related. Just make something up. I'm trying to bring the holiday spirit into our podcast. I want to go to the Las Vegas Comic Convention, the Star Trek. Oh yeah, film. you guys. Are, I'm going to build on that. I want the entire cast of TNG to be there. I'm pretty sure they will be, or well, maybe well, they you should have gone a lot, last a lot year. of them. All of them. A lot. Characters. A lot of them will be. I know. I've been. That's. I've been told that. They'll be interesting to see if the Discovery actors uh, make a good showing. Are you guys definitely going going to it? We should well, talk about this again. It's, no, it's my wish. Oh, okay. It's my wish. Okay. <laughs> and I want to go and the whole cast be How about you, Emily? What's your wish? I I just I want the whole cast of TNG, the main characters, to be at Yeah, yeah, but that's kind of that's like a Bill, uh, piggybacking off of Laura's wish. Do you have a? <laughs> I'm not. I I have to have my own independent mm-hmm. wish. Mm-hmm. Am I, May- why am I not allowed to be? Maybe your wish is to finish one of the series. Oh yes, 
In 2018, I would like to complete a series, all of the sheet, every single episode, even the shitty ones, even the ones that people told me I shouldn't watch. Hmm. I want to watch them. Let's see. That's a lot if you think about it, because there's like 700 hours of Star Trek. Just one episode, not all the episodes. No, no, no. Just one episode one, one, one series, series. Oh, okay. not all the series yeah, just one you series have to do like two episodes a day every day it's just average two episodes a day yeah i mean sometimes you could watch four episodes and some days you'll only watch one take a break um i remember there was some other podcast that was trying to do that for the 50th anniversary and i didn't see it. <laughs> i didn't see if they actually finished or not um, is there enough time in a year to watch every single Star Trek episode? Yeah, definitely. It just depends, like you said, how many episodes per day you do it. And movie? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. sleep? Laura and I could for sure do it. Yeah. Um, my wish... I want them to surprise us, you know, with the whole all-access streaming and the idea that they seem happy about it and so i want them to surprise us and be like hey guess what like you basically what you were kind of going off of anthony and they'll be like guess what discovery is not the only thing we're like you know there's going to be another spinoff announced or i guess yeah i don't even want it to be a movie like the movies it'll happen if they happen i'll just see what it is i'd rather see another series Mm Yeah, like a, episode, a second season of Discovery, or no, I mean something. like a completely separate from Discovery, like but still I, Star Trek. Yeah, so they could decide. Oh, like a Deep Space Nine. Yeah, like, or Voyager, like a spinoff, and it doesn't even have to be like that closely related. It but not to, a Deep Space Nine, but it, like a Deep. Space it doesn't Nine. have to take place in Discovery's timeline. It, I'd be perfectly happy, you know. Like they have a streaming service now, they might as well take advantage if they really want to do those. Things where, hey, let's have a special mini series where, you know, we get, you know, Michael Dorn, for example, he's always wanted to do his Wharf show. Well, maybe they could do it this way then. You know? And you with can... streaming, you can do four episodes and be done. Exactly. Or even three. I mean, that's the model. You see all these Netflix shows or Amazon originals. Like we just finished uh, the uh, Marvelous Mrs. May. Yeah, Maisel. Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. And, uh, you know, they're, they're high quality productions. It's good stuff. And, very yeah. entertaining, think, but you know they're not tied to. I a think you could schedule. definitely, yeah, you could definitely do a lot of these ideas that various people have had about various Star Trek spinoffs that wouldn't survive on network television. So hopefully, someone at CBS is thinking about that. It would certainly justify uh, make people more happy, or and I guess people will never be happy about having to pay for Star Trek somehow. But you know, more bang for your Star Trek buck. Okay. I have two wishes. Yep. I my first wish is that uh, Quentin Tarantino gets hit by lightning. That way, I don't have to hear any more about this movie. And then uh, my second wish is that the world will be able to finally acknowledge that I was right. The Voke is Ash, and Ash is Voke. <laughs> <laughs> Such a <laughs> I worried about it. All I want for Christmas is for Vogue to, to be Ash. right. Yeah. Yes. Right. <laughs> yes. About 
That's really in the Christmas Bash. spirit. <laughs> yeah, I yes, it's one hundred percent in the Christmas spirit. It's it's somebody being exceptionally greedy. <laughs> Christmas time is the time for. <laughs> you know, people used to tell horror stories, ghost stories at Christmas, and the lightning strike would fall under that. If you ask me. I can't wait until Krampus comes and takes all the children. <laughs> on Krampus knocked. All right. Yeah. I think we've I think we've done it. I think yeah. we've successfully talked about Star Trek. Various potpourri. Let, let's aim for uh yeah, let's next time we'll potpourri do Star Wars. We'll, we Emily and I will have seen it and we can go into a full spoiler. Spoiler. <laughs> And anybody that Happy listens and discussion. doesn't want to be spoiled will uh, go and see it before we record and post the next time. Because you know our, our description listen. says pop culture potpourri, right? Not just Star Trek. Yeah, A Star Trek pop culture potpourri podcast. We'll, we'll throw I in th- some Star I Trek. Think, I think that Star Wars is in the Star Trek pop culture. I Because of the animosity that Star Trek fans have for Star Wars, I feel like it is my sworn duty to watch Star Wars so that we can talk about it and help the Judgy McJudgersons of the Star Trek universe know why they should or shouldn't go see Star Wars. And usually it shouldn't because they hate Star Wars. Mm. For sure. We're just just helping a brother out since they're not going to go see it. Or a sister. Or a Wookiee. Yeah, that's, not a Wookiee, a Klingon. <laughs> Wookiees don't listen to us. And before we close tonight, I'd like to give our listeners just a small piece of, of something to remember, which is that Klingons have a belt of dicks around their waist. Belt of dicks, belt of dicks. I'm surprised that's, that's not what you wanted for Christmas. I, he already has it. I was going to say, how do you know I don't already have it? That is true. My Anthony's part Klingon. My oddly accurate cosplay. <laughs> <laughs> it's just Chewie's bandolier. <laughs> but but I it was about worse, their dicks. Worst um, thingy. Oh man. It, this is terrible. <laughs> uh, and we'll be wearing it at uh, Star Trek Comic Con. <laughs> at STLV. In Las Vegas. STLV, catch us STLV there with our belt of dicks. Belt of dicks, belt of dicks. <laughs> All right, I well let's try to get in sync this time. You ready? Join mm-hmm. us next time on the search, the search, the search track. track. track.